Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the text comes from the Old Testament reading regarding Ruth. You may be seated. Ruth becomes the Old Testament example of these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And Ruth shows us what this looks like. She is the great-grandmother of David, the King David. She is only of two women besides Rahab the harlot that is placed in the texts of the Scripture so that we know she is a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. A beautiful example of her taking up her cross and following her Lord not knowing what would be. We've much to learn it as an example from her. For she left everything about her former way of life, her land, her family, her parents, her gods, everything, to follow her Lord. Which is exactly what Jesus was getting at in that text I just read to you. Now there are some interesting facts about this story that we need to be aware of, some background. First of all, we realize that there's a famine which causes Elimelech and his family to leave that region of Judah, which is known as Bethlehem. Now of all the places that this man could have made the decision to go, he chooses not to go to a Jewish region. And there is no revelation anywhere in the text that says why he made this decision. Now you know that there were family members who would have said to him, Elimelech, you're going to the Moabites. You do not want to go there. That is not a godly land. And yet God allows him to go to Moab. Now, you've got to remember Moab and their descendants. Who are the people of Moab? The people of Moab are the offspring of the incestuous relationship between Lot and his two daughters. That's Moab. So of all the places that Elimelech could have taken his young bride and his two sons, you got to kind of scratch your head and think, what were you thinking, Elimelech? But he goes. 
And he no sooner gets there than he dies, and he's buried there. Now a widow, Naomi, has two sons. Now why does she allow her two sons to marry Moabite women? That is not in line with what God had said in his scriptures. And yet, Naomi allows it to happen. And then not only does she allow it to happen, she does not return back to Bethlehem until ten years later. So a lot of things about Elimelech and Naomi and their sons and their daughters-in-law that you wonder, why did they stay there? Why did they allow themselves to be enmeshed with those people? And why then did God allow Elimelech and the two sons to die there? Malan and Kilian. That's difficult to understand. I don't know. So when Naomi decides to leave, it's hard enough for a Jewish widow to go back to a Jewish region and try to make it without a husband and without sons. If that's hard, think about how hard it would be for Ruth to follow Naomi, who is not a Jewish woman, though she is a widow, and try to make it in a Jewish land. Now, before we kind of begin to look at this with scanted eyes, let us also remember that Elimelech was an Ephrathite. Who are the Ephrathites? They are the offspring of Ephraim. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh were the two sons of, oh yeah, a very, very special and famous man named Joseph. But Joseph's wife was not a Jewish woman, as you remember. Joseph's wife was an Egyptian woman. So the Ephraimites themselves are half-breeds, if you want to look at them that way. And God allows that to be a part of the lineage of Christ, not to mention Ruth from Moab to be a part of the lineage of Christ. Remarkable, isn't it? So an Egyptian can say that Jesus came from their background too. No different than a Moab can say that Jesus came from their background too. Hmm. Now comes this difficult decision, which obviously you know the answer to, but you've got to put yourself into Ruth's shoes. She's a young widow. She has no children. There is no one to care for her unless she joins herself back with her father and his household or she marries. That's the reality of that place at that time. So in her mind, it's a huge leap of faith to walk away from people who are of her same ilk other Moabites, 
and to leave that place with this woman who she is only related to because she married the son of her and go back to a land of which she is not welcome and of which she is not the same. But this is the amazing thing about God's gospel. Somehow Elimelech and his two sons taught Ruth and Orpah the way of truth. Somehow through Elimelech and Naomi, Malon and Kilian did the word of God come to Orpah and Ruth and they became believers. But it's at this junction, this moment, when Ruth takes a step that Orpah is not willing to take. And Ruth's willing to sever all of her ties and go where her God is and go and be buried even where her husband's not and her father-in-law is not located. Ruth truly does take up her cross and follows her Lord and she has no idea of what awaits her. You and I know by God's grace, God allows her to marry and be a part of the lineage of Christ. She doesn't know this. She just steps out and walks by faith when she says, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and I will be buried. And may the Lord do to me and more if I do not allow anything but death to part us. Ruth is leaving everything about her former life for the life of her God. Yes, Naomi becomes the representation of it, but it's not so much Naomi as it is the Lord and her faith in the Lord. And here's where it comes to you and me. Now, all of us, probably most of us, did not have to leave a family to join the church. Most of us grew up in the church with parents who were churched or grandparents who were churched. Rarely, if any of us, have had to walk away from family and land and so forth and follow the Lord. So the analogy breaks down there for you and me, doesn't it? But here, here is where it doesn't break down for you and me. You have been born into this world and you can cross your arms across your chest and stand where you want to stand, but you are not of this world. And you are joined to other people in this church with whom you commune and confess unity who are not like you, who may not see everything like you, but with whom you're going to spend eternity. And we live in a world that is markedly different from the rest of the world as this group of people. This is the challenge of taking up our cross and following Jesus. That's just like Ruth. And this is the challenge that Ruth shows us in living out this faith in this world. 
At every baptism, we pray this prayer. Grant that we be kept safe and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, being separated from the multitude of unbelievers and serving your name at all times with a fervent spirit and a joyful hope. Quite frankly, it means that we love differently than the rest of the world loves. We don't just love to get love back. We love to give love, period. And you don't forgive as the world forgives in order to be ingratiated back with someone so that you can continue to draw what you need from them. You give forgiveness not as the world does, but as Christ does. Freely. Even if it gets stepped on. And you don't serve like the rest of the world serves, trying to find an advantage by doing so to one another. Rather, you serve to serve, period. That's what God has called you to be. And you also don't have hope like the rest of the world that tries to find hope in all kinds of crazy things and not in the one thing that has substance. Christ Jesus and His death and resurrection for them, for you. That's how we are different. At least that's what God has set us apart as, as His children. So when Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother more than Me, you can say whoever loves the world more than Me. When He says, whoever loves son or daughter more than Me, you can say, whoever loves the world's acclamation and the world's affirmation more than Me. And whoever does not take up His cross and follow Me, in essence, is losing their life. Because whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for My sake will find it. pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? But Jesus, always with a wonderful promise. The disciples asked a question about everything that they gave up to follow Jesus. And Jesus says this, which is what He promised Ruth and which is what He promises you. Jesus said, everyone who has left home or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or land, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. That's God's promise. What a great blessing Ruth is to us as this example of stepping out at faith, walking in faith, trusting in the promises of her Lord, which is all you and I can do as well. In the name of Jesus, who has revealed to us His servant Ruth. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds on Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We, we kneel in prayer. <clears throat> Faithful Lord, by your Holy Spirit, teach. Teach us constantly to pray, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, and to trust that you have cleansed us by your blood, so that we, like the former leper, raise our voices of praise in joyful response to your loving care. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, in the midst of trouble and in the face of death, grant to us the faith you gave to Naomi so that we would never doubt that you will provide our daily bread and that you will carry us through the shadow of death. Assure us when we face persecution for our faith that when we have died with Christ, we will also live with Christ. Guard and strengthen our brothers and sisters around the world who are persecuted for the faith. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, Entrust your gospel to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Keep our pastors, our missionaries, our synodical leaders true to you. Strengthen them for their vocations. Prevent them from becoming entangled in civilian pursuits so that they remain prepared like Paul to suffer everything for the sake of the elect. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, grant to our country and to all nations leaders who are not influenced by opportunities for money or power, men and women who care for people, who work for justice, who govern with integrity, who defend life, who are filled with wisdom. Guard them from harm and strengthen them for their duties. Lord, in your mercy. 
Faithful Lord, provide families for children who do not have parents. Strengthen all parents for their tasks, including those whose love has led them to adopt. Raise up foster parents and provide for children through the foster care system. Especially guard and protect those who are abused and neglected. Through your church, supply their needs and assure them of your never-ending love. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, as you use Naomi and Ruth to care for each other, use us to be caring friends who are willing to sacrifice for each other and declare together, your people shall be my people, your God shall be my God. Thank you for the example of trust in you and the loving deeds for each other that have been set by all your saints. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, turn the hearts of unbelievers to trust in Jesus Christ. Bestow on them faith that makes them well. Change the hearts and the minds of those in our society who misuse your gift of marriage and who permit the murder of unborn children. Teach them and us that doing what you command is not burdensome, but makes our lives together fuller and more meaningful. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, as you cleanse the lepers by the gracious work of your Son, bring help and healing into the lives of those who suffer in any way. Grant unto them patience. Grant unto them faith and trusting hearts. And whether you heal their bodies now or in the resurrection, teach them and all of us to join the cleansed leopard in singing thanks to you. Lord, in your mercy. Faithful Lord, you provided food for the bodies of Naomi and Ruth. Provide food for both our bodies and souls as you nourish us with the true body and blood of your Son, our Redeemer. Grant us faith that approaches your table with repentance, and grant us faith that leaves your table strengthened to do your work in this world. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, faithful Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.